Chapters 8 to 13, Book 4, Volume 1 of L'Amour d'Arthur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tamara Hamilton. L'Amour d'Arthur, Volume 1, by Sir Thomas Mallory. Book 4, Chapters 8 to 13. Chapter 8 Now turn we unto Acalon of Gaul, that when he awoke he found himself by a deep well-side, within half a foot, in great peril of death. And there came out of that fountain a pipe of silver, and out of that pipe ran water all on high in a stone of marble. When Sir Acalon saw this, he blessed him, and said, Jesus save my lord King Arthur, and King Urians, for these damsels in this ship have betrayed us, they were devils and no women, and if I may escape this misadventure, I shall destroy all where I may find these false damsels that use enchantments. Right with that there came a dwarf with a great mouth and a flat nose, and saluted Sir Acalon, and said how he came from Queen Morgan le Fay, and she greeteth you well, and biddeth you be of strong heart, for ye shall fight to-morrow with a knight at the hour of prime, and therefore she hath sent you here Excalibur, Arthur's sword, and the scabbard, and she biddeth you as ye love her, that ye do the battle to the uttermost without any mercy like as ye had promised her when ye spake together in privity and what damsel that bringeth her the knight's head which ye shall fight withal she will make her a queen now i understand you well said Acalon. i shall hold that i have promised her now i have the sword when saw ye my lady queen morgan le fay right late said the dwarf then Acalon took him in his arms and said recommend me unto my lady queen and tell her all shall be done that i have promised her and else i will die for it now i suppose said Acalon, she hath made all these crafts and enchantments for this battle ye may well believe it said the dwarf right so there came a knight and a lady with six squires and saluted Acalon, and prayed him for to arise and come and rest him at his manor and so Acalon mounted upon a void horse and went with the knight unto a fair manor by a priory and there he had passing good cheer then sir damas sent unto his brother sir Onslake, and bade make him ready by to morn at the hour of prime, and to be in the field to fight with a good knight, for he had found a good knight that was ready to do battle at all points. When this word came unto Sir Onslake he was passing heavy, for he was wounded a little too far through both his thighs with a spear, and made great dole, but as he was wounded he would have taken the battle on hand. So it happed at that time, by the means of Morgan le Fay, Acalon was with Sir Onslake lodged, and when he heard of that battle, and how Onslake was wounded, he said that he would fight for him. Because Morgan le Fay had sent him Excalibur and the sheath for to fight with the knight on the morn, this was the cause Sir Acalon took the battle on hand. Then Sir Onslake was passing glad, and thanked Sir Acalon with all his heart that he would do so much for him. And therewithal Sir Onslake sent word unto his brother Sir Damas, that he had a knight that for him should be ready in the field by the hour of prime. So on the morn Sir Arthur was armed and well horsed, and asked Sir Damas, When shall we to the field? sir said sir damas ye shall hear mass and so arthur heard a mass and when mass was done there came a squire on a great horse and asked sir damas if his knight were ready for our knight is ready in the field then sir arthur mounted upon horseback and there were all the knights and commons of that country and so by all advices there were chosen twelve good men of the country for to wait upon the two knights and right as arthur was on horseback there came a damsel from morgan le fay and brought unto sir arthur a sword like unto excalibur and the scabbard and said unto Arthur, 
Morgan le Fay sendeth here your sword for great love. And he thanked her, and weened it had been so, but she was false, for the sword in the scabbard was counterfeit, and brittle, and false. CHAPTER Nine. And then they dressed them on both parties of the field, and let their horses run so fast that either smote other in the midst of the shield with their spearheads, that both horse and man went to the earth, and then they started up both and pulled out their swords. The meanwhile that they were thus at battle came the damsel of the lake into the field, that put Merlin under the stone, and she came thither for the love of King Arthur, for she knew how Morgan le Fay had so ordained that King Arthur should have been slain that day, and therefore she came to save his life. And so they went eagerly to the battle, and gave many great strokes, but always Arthur's sword bit not like Acalon's sword, but for the most part every stroke that Acalon gave he wounded sore Arthur, that it was marvel he stood, and always his blood fell from him fast. When Arthur beheld the ground so sore be bled he was dismayed, and then he deemed treason that his sword was changed, for his sword bit not steel as it was wont to do, therefore he dreaded him sore to be dead, for ever him seemed that the sword in Acalon's hand was Excalibur, for at every stroke that Acalon struck he drew blood on Arthur. Now, knight, said Acalon unto Arthur, keep thee well from me. But Arthur answered not again, and gave him such a buffet on the helm that it made him to stoop, nigh falling down to the earth. Then Sir Acalon withdrew him a little, and came on with Excalibur on high, and smote Sir Arthur in such a buffet that he fell nigh to the earth. Then were they wroth both, and gave each other many sore strokes, but always Sir Arthur lost so much blood that it was marvel he stood on his feet. But he was so full of knighthood that knightly he endured the pain. And Sir Acalon lost not a deal of blood, therefore he waxed passing light, and Sir Arthur was passing feeble, and he weened verily to have died, but for all that he made countenance as though he might endure, and held Acalon as short as he might. But Acalon was so bold because of Excalibur that he waxed passing hardy. But all men that beheld him said they saw never knight fight so well as did Arthur, considering the blood that he bled. So was all the people sorry for him, but the two brethren would not accord. Then always they fought together as fierce knights, and Sir Arthur withdrew him a little for to rest him, and Sir Acalon called him to battle, and said, It is no time for me to suffer thee to rest. And therewith he came fiercely upon Arthur, and Sir Arthur was wroth for the blood that he had lost, and smote Acalon on high upon the helm, so mightily, that he made him nigh fall to the earth. And therewith Arthur's sword brassed at the cross, and fell in the grass among the blood, and the pommel and the sure handles he held in his hands. When Sir Arthur saw that, he was in great fear to die, but always he held up his shield and lost no ground, nor bated no cheer. CHAPTER Ten. Then Sir Acalon began with words of treason, and said, Knight, thou art overcome, and mayest not endure, and also thou art weaponless, and thou hast lost much of thy blood, and I am full loath to slay thee, therefore yield thee to me as recreant. Nay, said Sir Arthur, I may not so, for I have promised to do the battle to the uttermost by the faith of my body, while me lasteth the life, and therefore I had liefer to die with honour than to live with shame, and if it were possible for me to die a hundred times, I had liefer to die so oft than yield me to thee, for though I lack weapon, I shall lack no worship, and if thou slay me weaponless, that shall be thy shame. Well, said Acalon, as for the shame I will not spare, now keep thee from me, for thou art but a dead man. And therewith Acalon gave him such a stroke that he fell nigh to the earth, and would have had Arthur to have cried him mercy. 
but sir arthur pressed unto accolon with his shield and gave him with the pommel in his hand such a buffet that he went three strides aback when the damsel of the lake beheld arthur how full of prowess his body was and the false treason that was wrought for him to have had him slain she had great pity that so good a knight and such a man of worship should be so destroyed and at the next stroke sir accolon struck him such a stroke that by the damsel's enchantment the sword excalibur fell out of accolon's hand to the earth and therewithal sir arthur lightly leapt to it and gat it in his hand and forwithal he knew that it was his sword excalibur and said thou hast been from me all too long and much damage hast thou done me and therewith he espied the scabbard hanging by his side and suddenly he stirred to him and pulled the scabbard from him and threw it from him as far as he might throw it o knight said arthur this day hast thou done me great damage with this sword now are ye come unto your death for i shall not warrant you but ye shall as well be rewarded with this sword or ever we depart as thou hast rewarded me for much pain have ye made me to endure and much blood have i lost and therewith sir arthur rushed on him with all his might and pulled him to the earth and then rushed off his helm and gave him such a buffet on the head that the blood came out his ears his nose and his mouth now i will slay thee said arthur slay me ye may well said accolon and it please you for ye are the best knight that ever i found and i see well that god is with you but for i promise to do this battle said accolon to the uttermost and never to be recreant while i lived therefore shall i never yield me with my mouth but god do with my body what he will then sir arthur remembered him and thought he should have seen this knight now tell me said arthur or i will slay thee of what country art thou and of what court sir knight said sir accolon i am of the court of king arthur and my name is accolon of gaul then was arthur more dismayed than he was beforehand for then he remembered him of his sister morgan le fay and of the enchantment of the ship o sir knight said he i pray you tell me who gave you this sword and by whom ye had it chapter eleven then sir accolon bethought him and said woe worth this sword for by it i have got my death it may well be said the king now sir said accolon i will tell you this sword hath been in my keeping the most part of this twelvemonth and morgan le fay king urien's wife sent it me yesterday by a dwarf to this intent that i should slay king arthur her brother for ye shall understand king arthur is the man in the world that she most hateth because he is most of worship and of prowess of any of her blood also she loveth me out of measure as paramour and i her again and if she might bring about to slay arthur by her crafts she would slay her husband king urien's lightly and then had she me devised to be king in this land and so to reign and she to be my queen but that is now done said accolon for i am sure of my death well said sir arthur i feel by you ye would have been king in this land it had been great damage to have destroyed your lord said arthur it is truth said accolon but now i have told you truth wherefore i pray you tell me of whence ye are and of what court o accolon said king arthur now i let thee wit that i am king arthur to whom thou hast done great damage when accolon heard that he cried aloud fair sweet lord have mercy on me for i knew not you o sir accolon said king arthur mercy shalt thou have because i feel by thy words at this time thou knewest not my person but i understand well by thy words that thou hast agreed to the death of my person and therefore thou art a traitor but i wite thee the less for my sister morgan le fay by her false crafts made thee to agree and consent to her false lusts but i shall be sore avenged upon her and i live that all christendom shall speak of it 
God knoweth I have honoured her and worshipped her more than all my kin, and more have I trusted her than mine own wife, and all my kin after. Then Sir Arthur called the keepers of the field, and said, Sirs, come hither, for here are we two knights that have fought into a great damage unto us both, and like each one of us to have slain other, if it had happed so, and had any of us known other, here had been no battle, nor stroke stricken. Then all aloud cried Accolon unto all the knights, and men that were then there gathered together, and said to them in this manner, O lords, this noble knight that I have fought withal, the which me sore repenteth, is the most man of prowess, of manhood, and of worship in the world, for it is himself King Arthur, our altar liege lord. And with mishap and with misadventure have I done this battle with the king and lord that I am holden withal. Chapter 12 Then all the people fell down on their knees and cried King Arthur mercy. Mercy shall ye have, said Arthur. Here may ye see what adventures befall oft time of errant knights, how that I have fought with a knight of mine own unto my great damage and his both. But, sirs, because I am sore hurt, and he both, and I had great need of a little rest, ye shall understand the opinion betwixt you two brethren. As to thee, Sir Damas, for whom I have been champion and won the field of this knight, yet I will judge, because ye, Sir Damas, are called an orgulous knight, and full of villainy, and not worth of prowess your deeds. Therefore I will that ye give unto your brother all the whole manner with the appurtenance under this form, that Sir Onslake hold the manner of you, and yearly to give you a palfrey to ride upon, for that will become you better to ride on than upon a courser. Also I charge thee, Sir Damas, upon pain of death, that thou never distress no knights errant that ride on their adventure, and also that thou restore these twenty knights that thou hast long kept prisoners, of all their harness, that they be content for. And if any of them come to my court and complain of thee, by my head thou shalt die therefore. Also, Sir Onslake, as to you, because ye are named a good knight, and full of prowess, and true and gentle in all your deeds, this shall be your charge I will give you, that in all goodly haste ye come unto me and my court, and ye shall be a knight of mine, and if your deeds be thereafter, I shall so prefer you by the grace of God, that ye shall in short time be in ease for to live as worshipfully as your brother Sir Damas. God thank your largeness of your goodness and of your bounty. I shall be from henceforward at all times at your commandment, for sir, said Sir Onslake, as God would, as I was hurt but late with an adventurous knight through both my thighs, that grieved me sore, and else had I done this battle with you. God would, said Arthur, it had been so, for then had not I been hurt as I am. I shall tell you the cause why. For I had not been hurt as I am, had it not been mine own sword that was stolen from me by treason, and this battle was ordained aforehand to have slain me, and so it was brought to the purpose by false treason and by false enchantment. Alas, said Sir Onslake, that is great pity that ever so noble a man as ye are of your deeds and prowess, that any man or woman might find in their hearts to work any treason against you. I shall reward them, said Arthur, in short time, by the grace of God. Now tell me, said Arthur, how far am I from Camelot? Sir, ye are two days' journey therefrom. I would fain be at some place of worship, said Sir Arthur, that I might rest me. Sir, said Sir Onslake, hereby is a rich abbey of your elders' foundation, of nuns, but three miles hence. So the king took his leave of all the people, and mounted upon horseback, and Sir Accolon with him. And when they were come to the abbey, he let fetch leeches, and search his wounds and Accolon's both. But Sir Accolon died within four days, for he had bled so much blood that he might not live, but King Arthur was well recovered. So when Accolon was dead, he let send him on a horse-bier with six knights unto Camelot, and said, Bear him to my sister Morgan le Fay, 
and say that I send her him to a present, and tell her I have my sword Excalibur and the scabbard. So they departed with the body. Chapter 13 The meanwhile Morgan le Fay had weaned King Arthur had been dead. So on a day she espied King Urien's lay in his bed sleeping. Then she called unto her a maiden of her council, and said, Go fetch me my lord's sword, for I saw never better time to slay him than now. O oh, madam, said the damsel, an ye slay my lord, ye can never escape. Care not you, said Morgan le Fay, for now I see my time, in the which it is best to do it, and therefore hie thee fast, and fetch me the sword. Then the damsel departed, and found Sir Uwaine sleeping upon a bed in another chamber. So she went unto Sir Uwaine, and awaked him, and bade him, Arise, and wait on my lady your mother, for she will slay the king your father sleeping in his bed, for I go to fetch his sword. Well, said Sir Uwaine, go on your way, and let me deal. Anon the damsel brought Morgan the sword with quaking hands, and she lightly took the sword, and pulled it out, and went boldly unto the bedside, and awaited how and where she might slay him best. And as she lifted up the sword to smite, Sir Uwaine leapt unto his mother, and caught her by the hand, and said, Ah, fiend, what wilt thou do? And thou wert not my mother, with this sword I should smite off thy head. Ah, said Sir Uwaine, men saith that Merlin was begotten of a devil, but I may say an earthly devil bear me. O fair son, Uwaine, have mercy upon me, I was tempted with a devil, wherefore I cry thee mercy, I will never more do so, and save my worship, and discover me not. On this covenant, said Sir Uwaine, I will forgive you so ye will never be about to do such deeds. Nay, son, said she, and that I make you assurance. End of Book 4, Chapters 8-13